Wasn't that a wonderful special? Press on. It does get tough at times, does it not? And we would be lying in the house of God if we said, Oh, I've never once felt like quitting. Liar. We've all at times. But we press on because of what we have waiting for us. And those of you that's been coming to our Bible studies on Wednesday nights in the book of Revelation, Brother Johnson's done a wonderful time, uh, job, and I've had a wonderful time there. And I tell you what, there's some good stuff in the book of Revelation. You say it's about the future, which I do believe it's fixing to be beaten now soon. But uh, I was in Revelation this week, and... Uh, come across the interesting chapter. It's all interesting because it's God's word, but chapter 14's got some good stuff in it. So turn your Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 14. Of course, the first five verses deal with the 144,000 Jewish evangelists that God has sealed, and as they go throughout during the tribulation proclaiming the gospel, uh, Satan and the Antichrist can't touch them until the gospel has been proclaimed throughout the entire world. After the gospel is proclaimed, then, of course, uh, they're going to die. But the first five verses deal with them being in heaven amongst the Lord and his throne. They were martyred for the sake of Christ. And then... Verses 6 through 11, and that's what we're going to speak on this morning, deals with the incoming to those that have rejected Christ. And then verses 12 and 13 deal with those that have come to the saving knowledge of Christ during the tribulation. And then, of course, the end of the chapter deals with Armageddon that's going to take place after the tribulation. But... Anyways, I want us to focus this morning, beginning in verse 6, and let's look at what God's Word has for us. Beginning in verse 6, chapter 14 of Revelation, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, <coughs> excuse me, saying with a loud voice, fear God. And give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if any man Worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone 
in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And I'll go ahead and read 12 and 13. I won't preach on those two verses, but I'll go ahead and read them because there's a difference. Look at verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints, patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time you've given us to assemble in your house. And I thank you for each one gathered here in your sanctuary. I ask now, Lord, as I break the bread of life, that you bless the message. Give me the words to say that I might preach with boldness and authority your truths. May your Holy Spirit deal with hearts this morning, Lord. May your word reach its intended purposes. May the Holy Spirit convict and convince if there's one here that needs to come forward for salvation, baptism, church membership, rededicate, whatever the need. May they have liberty and may they be drawn by your spirit today. We love you and we praise you. In Christ's name, amen. All right, be seated, please. What we have is a contrast of the ends of two types of people. We have the one group that's going to die rejecting Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they're going to bust hell wide open. They're going to be eternally separated from God. And then, of course, the believers are those that have received Christ as their Savior. Even during the tribulation, I want to say this, even during the tribulation, do you not see the grace and mercy of God? Listen, there will be folks saved. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be as many that are going to die lost and undone without Christ. But there will be folks saved during the tribulation. But for those that die lost, there's going to come a time when it's going to be over. There's going to be no second chances. It's done. And let me say, for death, there's going to be a time, and we don't like to talk about it, but there's going to be a time for us to experience death if the Lord don't come back in our lifetime. And again, it's a subject that nobody wants to talk about, but listen to me. You're all going to die, including myself, if Jesus does not come back in our lifetime. So you might as well get to it and get used to the idea. You're not always going to be here. And again, we have the Word of God describing a time when During the tribulation, and by the way, you and I that are saved, if the rapture takes place, we're out of here and we don't ever have to worry about the tribulation. I know there are those that teach that, oh yeah, the church is going to go through. Hooey fooey, we've been delivered from the wrath to come. Understand, the Lord is not going to allow his church to go through that. What would be the purpose? Understand the tribulation are for those that have rejected Christ over and over and over again. He's giving them one 
more opportunity. And it's also for the Jew who rejected Christ when he came the first time. There will be a remnant saved of Jews and Gentiles during the tribulation. But understand, more will die lost than will get saved. And that's a sad thing. But the word of God says this. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having an everlasting gospel to preach. You say, well, that must be a different gospel. Oh, no, 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 no. The angel God has sent to fly over the world to proclaim the everlasting gospel is the same gospel that we proclaim today. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. All that put their faith and trust in his finished work on Calvary are born again and saved. That's the same gospel. It's not a different gospel. By the way, that same gospel that Paul and Peter preached is the same gospel we preach today. The gospel was in Genesis chapter 3. The gospel was in the law. And the gospel was in the early church. And it's still going strong 2,000 years after being proclaimed. Understand this morning. This angel God has sent out to proclaim the everlasting gospel. And don't listen to anyone that says the gospel is anything but his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Amen? Don't listen to him. Now, notice what it says. To preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Do you see the grace of God? You know, God could have said, well, I offered my son. After all, he came into his own and his own received him not. Not, we're done. But no, even during the tribulation, you see the grace and mercy of God still wanting people, all men, all women, all boys, all girls, everyone from every race, nation, and people to receive eternal life through Christ on the cross. And it says, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come. Uh, you know what's so sad if you read the book of Revelation? There is no fear of God. That's what's so sad. Even seeing with their own eyes all of the things that will take place during the tribulation. Folks will still curse God, blaspheme God. And will still reject God's gracious invitation to salvation. They'd rather hang on to their sin, Brother Ciro, than to receive the Lord. But listen, the very first thing about wisdom is the fear of God. I'm getting on up there. I'm climbing that rung on the ladder. But I will say, 
with age comes a little wisdom. And the older I get, the more I have a fear of God. And I'm not talking about, oh, I'm scared of the Lord. No, I have reverence. I know who he is. He's the creator of the universe, of all things. And he spoke and it, boom, it's here. Talking about power. And the Bible says that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Uh, God's fixing to show his anger during the tribulation. It's the last part of the seven year tribulation, the last three and a half years. He says, fear God. He says, and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. Who made this world? I don't care, kids, what they tell you in school that this happened by some big bang or evolution. No, God made the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, he created it all. He spoke everything into existence and I didn't come from some monkey. I may look like one, but I didn't come from some monkey. He created me in his image and breathed to my nostrils the breath of life as he did you don't let them try to tell you we evolved or this just happened by accident how stupid do they think we are no there's a creator he has always been he'll always be he is the ancient of ages. Where does God come from? He's always been, I can't tell you. I've had kids ask me some questions before, and boy, they were doozies. Where'd God come from? Can't answer that. I just know He exists, He's always been. What color is He? He's pure. That's the best answer I can give. I can't tell you He's white, black, red, yellow, blue. No, He's pure. But don't you know, the little ones shame us adults. Because at least they're inquisitive. They want to know who God is. There's adults out there that want nothing to do with God, could care less. But oh, there will come a day. They may not believe now, they'll believe then. Notice what it says. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen and is fallen. Now, let me say this. Babylon is a philosophy. Okay? It's during the tribulation, the Antichrist is going to set up a political and he's going to have the false prophet that's going to set up a religious philosophy that they're going to require for all the world to be part of. All of those left behind. But listen to me. Y'all remember in chapter 10 of Genesis there's a man named Cush and he had a son. 
You remember what his son's name was? It was Nimrod. And the Bible says that he was a great hunter. You say, well, what did he hunt? I believe he hunted souls. You see, at the Tower of Babel, and this was all at the design of Satan and Nimrod, they decided to build the Tower of Babel so it would reach up into the heavens and they wanted to worship the stars. And that's where the false and pagan teaching began right there in the Tower of Babel. And yes, God destroyed the Tower of Babel and he, every, at that time everyone spoke the same language and he divided that up. But listen to me, they were taught pagan worship. They didn't want to worship the true and living God. So when God destroyed the Tower of Babel and people left that region, they took that false religion with them everywhere they went and it spread throughout the world. And when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to have a false prophet and that false prophet is going to commit, I say no, commit's the wrong word, perform miracles. The Antichrist is going to be wounded unto death. What should have killed him doesn't kill him. Literally is a miracle. But getting back to Babylon and the philosophy, yes, it's a philosophy of political and religious false teaching, but it originally false religion, period. And there's lots of false religion in the world today. And believe me, when the church is gone, you think we got false teaching today? You wait when the Antichrist is running the show and Satan. There will be all kinds of false religion. But did you notice the angel? Babylon has fallen. Babylon has fallen. He didn't say it just once. He said it twice because... Babylon is truly fallen. Now God is fixing to pour out his wrath and indignation on the Antichrist, the false prophet, and that philosophy and all of the people that were turned to it and away from Christ. That false teaching. So beloved... Aren't you thankful, church, you're not going to have to worry about this? We're going to have a ringside seat. We're going to get to watch it. I believe that with all my heart. We're going to get to see. But we don't have to worry about the tribulation at all. And I'll get in trouble, but I can't help it. i got to say it. Those that believe they're going to go through the tribulation... They ain't been reading their Bibles. And they're misinterpreting the scriptures. They're taking them out of context. Notice what he says. Babylon is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. 
During that time, there will be false teaching going around like you wouldn't believe. And they'll literally be willing to worship a stone, a rock, a piece of wood, than to worship the true and living God that created the heavens and the earth. And it says this. Because she made all nations to drink of the wine and of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed him, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, this same shall drink of the wine and the wrath of God. Let me begin by just saying, God is the God of love. He loves us. He proved it. He sent his son into the world to take our place, to atone for our sins and redeem us from the slave market of sin to reconcile us to God give us eternal life rescue us but listen to me he is a God of love but he is also a God of wrath and yes we've seen periodically in time and in history God pour out a little of his wrath but listen to me when this angel flies over the earth and announces Babylon has fallen and has fallen God is going to release his wrath and he's going to release it and it's literally according to the Greek word it's literally going to be a quick sudden outburst and it's going to be so severe, so, so severe that people aren't going to know what to think. They've seen things going through the tribulation, but now God says enough's enough. And he's literally going to pour out his wrath with indignation. Kind of like this. If you was to go to the dam over here at Boulder, Hoover Dam, and it began to crack, and you stuck your finger in there, how long do you think you could hold it, the water? Not very long, huh? It might start slow, but as the pressure builds and builds, what happens? Kablooey. Well, that's going to be the wrath and indignation of God on those. And not only on those that have rejected Christ and those that have went after the philosophy of the Babylonians, but those that accept the mark of the Antichrist. You see, it's going to be a hard time there. When he takes up, he's going to require a mark. In order for you to buy or sell anything, you have to have a mark in your hand or in your forehead. And listen, if you accept that mark, you have done it. It's done. There's no reprieve. There's no going back, changing your mind. You have sealed your fate. And I've often thought, I'm thankful I won't have to worry about that, but I've often thought, what about those left behind? 
during the tribulation, they had children born. Literally, are they going to watch their kids and their wife starve to death? No, I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're going to receive that mark because they don't want to see their children suffer. And what they don't understand is by receiving that, they sealed their doom. They will be cast into the lake of fire forever and forever. That should break our hearts because we know people that could be left behind if the Lord was to come back today. It should break your heart. Notice what it says. If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, what does it say? The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture. That's pure wrath, y'all. Without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And listen to this. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. If you're left behind, sinner friend, and you take the mark of the beast, you're going to face the wrath of God. And the Bible says that you will be tormented day and night forever and forever. I know there are those that tell you, well, yes, I believe that there's a literal hell, but I also believe in purgatory. That's a lie. Oh, I believe that you'll just burn up. That's a lie also. The Bible says you will be tormented in the flame forever and forever, night and day, for all eternity. And notice this. In front of the holy angels and the lamb who you rejected. Understand, folks that end up in hell, but not because they were sinners, because listen, we're all sinners. We're either saved sinners or lost sinners. Sin is not what sends us to hell. Rejecting Jesus Christ sends us to hell. Understand this morning. Every time a lost person in hell looks up, he's going to see Christ. And he's going to remember every single opportunity he had. Think about that. Every single opportunity. And I also believe this too. Not only will it be bad to see the holy angels and the lamb who they rejected, but they're going to look up throughout all eternity and all of us that are living in glory with the Lord, they're going to be able to see all the joys of the Lord prepared for His children. So what are you saying, Pastor John? What are you trying to get across this morning? There is coming an end. You either die 
And if you die, you don't want to die without Jesus. Or the rapture will come back in your lifetime and the saved will go up to meet Jesus in the clouds. But if you have rejected Jesus, you will be left here on earth to go through the tribulation. And don't think that, well, I'll, I'll hold out. I'll hold out. I'll, somehow, some way, I won't receive the mark. Listen to me. You'll receive the mark. And if, by some chance, you did, you did escape receiving the mark, and then you did call on the Lord, and that's what I hope you do, because you can be saved during the tribulation, but you're going to be hunted like a dog. You're going to, you better grow eyes in the back of your head, because they're going to hunt you down. And when they find you, but listen, here's the good thing. Absent from the body is present with the Lord. Amen. But you better grow eyes in the back of your head. Because they're coming after you. He's going, the Antichrist is going to do everything in his power. Notice what it says. And I'll, I'll hush. And I want you to get this. Look at verse 11. And the smoke of their torment. Whose torment? Those that rejected Jesus and received the mark. Ascended up forever and forever. How long? Forever. And they have rest, no rest, day nor night. No rest, day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Only two groups of people. Saved. Lost. And the end is going to come for us sooner or later. When the end comes, where will you be? With the Lord or hell? It's your choice. And you have to make that choice Now it's too late if you draw your last breath. I'm thankful. I decided for Christ and I don't ever have to make that decision again. I'm his, he's mine, and I have none of this used to as a lost person. I would hear this preached and I would literally toss and turn it night. It scared me to death. Why? Because I didn't know Jesus as my Savior. Now I can read this. And I know where I'm going. I don't have to worry about this. But sinner friend. If you're not saved. You better worry about this. You need. To get prepared. Because the end is coming. It's coming. Stand with me, please. Father, that's your word. Dear God, I don't know those hearts that are before me, but I know you do. 
Lord, if there's one that's not prepared, dear God, please, let your Holy Spirit convict and convince them of their need of salvation here now before it's too late. Father, the end is coming for all of us. And we must be ready. There's others that are here that aren't ready, don't know if they're ready. Lord, let them get it settled and give the invitation. Father, thank you for loving us, sending your son. And Father, thank you for your grace and the joy we have. We don't have to wonder. We know where we're headed. But Lord, there's some, maybe under the sound of my voice, that don't know. Father, convict them to their core. Bring them to the cross before it's too late. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.